0: You know, one night it was a. I was just. I was just broken. I was destroyed, and I remember sitting in the house, taking drugs, and my ex-drug uh, dealer, who I didn't know, um, was a Christian. He became a Christian. He had a radical encounter with God, and he just came walking into the house. I remember walking up to me, and he began to preach with me, but with such power and uh you know and he, he said he asked me if i wanted to be saved and i said yes and he laid his hands on me and the power of god hit me i remember waking up from the floor uh, some of the other friends have ran out and uh, that was the age of 17 and ever since then from from the next day i was in ministry and never looked back
1: this is charisma connection on the charisma podcast network i'm chris johnson And today we have a guest from South Africa. Leon Dupria is founder of Encounter Church and Leon Dupria International. He is based in South Africa and comes to us live via Zoom today. So we thank you so much for being with us, Prophet Leon. Welcome to Charisma Connection.
0: Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Chris. It's It's an honor, it's a privilege, and I'm excited to be with you.
1: Ah, and we feel the same. Now, you are on our Charisma Podcast Network. We'll talk about that a little bit later on. But first, we yes. want to get to know you and your ministry. I see that you were saved when you were about 17, I think. And it That's seems right. that God has had his hand on you long before that, even while you were in your mother's womb. Can you tell us about yes. that?
0: Yeah, well... um You and I got saved at at the age of 70. I got brought up in a... Actually, as I tell uh, people that um, uh, I was brought up in a a house that was not... That that was not safe. They didn't understand. They didn't know... um, the process of born again of you know in south africa we have a lot of christians that we call them name only christians they they mm-hmm. don't speak in tongues they don't uh, uh the, you know the, there's no demonstration of power really on their life and they don't believe in it so so i got saved at the age of 17 that was in a drug den but uh why i always almost called in my mother's womb as a uh as a uh as a prophet was my mother told me although in an unsaved state, she's now a Christian, but, um, you know, there was an incident that happened and she, and she, uh, where I would not have been able to be born, although I would have been a stillborn, and uh, the, uh, the and she made a vow to God and said that she will give her, uh, give this child to him completely if, uh, if he would save his life, my life, so... Uh, so I got saved at the age of 17, and it was at that time where I had the encounter uh, with the Lord. Full on that—that uh, that was where He told me that I—I've uh, called you as a. Prophet, but I've elected you and ordained you from your mother's womb. Hmm. And this was me with that was without knowing the promise and the vow that my mother has made. Um, that I only found out afterwards. So, yeah, I got saved and I drugged at the age of 17. It was, um, it was quite a rough night. Uh, this was already after a whole life of drugs. I was, I started at the age of 11, 12, got out on this, lived in the streets from 15. Um, hmm. you know, lived uh, on the streets, lived in a couple of drug dens. We were expelled out of school um then you know one night it was a i was just i was just broken i was destroyed and i remember sitting in the house taking drugs and my ex uh, drug dealer who i didn't know um was a christian he became a christian he had a radical encounter with god and he just came walking into the house i remember walking up to me and he began to preach with me but with such power and uh you know, and he he said, he asked me if I wanted to be saved. And I said, yes. And he laid his hands on me and the power of God hit me. I remember waking up from the floor. Uh, Some of the other friends ran out and uh, that was the age of 17. And ever since then from, from the next day, I was in ministry and never looked back. So that was my salvation. I was delivered, everything.
1: Hmm. So you were, you were immediately free of the drug addiction as well?
0: Yeah, within one second from, from everything. So from drug addiction, obviously smoking, drinking, and uh, and other stuff that I had, depression, rejection, suicidal thoughts. Uh, it was just one person that was filled with the Spirit of God. Um, you know, I always believe there's a difference just ministering to somebody but reaching out to them or, uh, or laying hands on them, ministering reaching out to them, ministering to them at a demonstration of God's power because it's His power that makes us to be sons.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I've been looking on your, your two websites, and anyone can see that you are highly focused on the spiritual gifts. So perhaps this comes from your own salvation experience that you believe a demonstration of spirit and power are very important today. Tell us about that.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, in, in South Africa, we, I'm sure in the United States it's the same. We have a lot of religion. So we have a lot of people that can go to church, but um, they can't show God to somebody out there. And I believe the way we show him, it's obviously by the love we have for one another, as the scripture is very clear. Um, they shall know that we are his disciples. But Paul said something very powerful in one Corinthians chapter number two, verse four. He said, "He said, I've I've come to you. I've not come to you with persuasive speech of human wisdom or eloquence of speech, but I came to you in a demonstration of the spirit and of power." And then he goes on. He says, "So that your faith." may not be in the wisdom of man, but in the power of God. And I, you know, I think it sums it up there that why do we need a demonstration? Why does this generation need a demonstration of God's power? It is so that their faith can be established, not in man's wisdom, but in God's power. Uh, the Apostle Paul says in Romans, he says, I long to be with you so that I may impart to you some spiritual gift so that you may be established. So I'm, I'm very, very uh, focused on the fact that the power of God and a demonstration of God's power and, and his gifts establishes the local church churches that we have planted. You know, we make a rule. We, we, uh, it's, it's the power of God that establishes the churches and make, gives them a foundation.
1: Mm-hmm. Now, you are also focused on your own generation. You're a young married man. How do you speak to your generation yes. specifically?
0: Well, um, if, we, if we take avenues, you know, so from the age of 17, I used my testimony a lot. Um, we God moved with us so big, we, we saw a nationwide revival in the country of Namibia. Mm. In about 13 days, we saw 18,000 salvations. Um, we saw the lame walk, we saw blind eyes opening. And, uh, that was just me going into a country alone. And, uh, when we saw again, it was, it was all over the news. It was everywhere. Uh, I use my testimony a lot, went into a lot of schools. I think we've gone into, sure. We've probably seen about three, 400,000 young people saved in schools. And, um, and we would demonstrate the power of God, you know? And when I say demonstrate the power, we'll just preach. Uh, with such intensity that schools that would not allow us to lay hands or pray for anyone that you would see the power of God just beginning to fall on the young people and they would begin to cry for out of uh, salvation and get delivered and saved and get healed in the schools. Through that, we, you know, uh, then we began to get invited all over the world to other countries as item of ministry began to take off very big. And then we planted, a f- it was about four years ago, we planted an encounter church that uh, rapidly exploded in South Africa. And we so we've got about four or five branches in, uh, we've got two in South Africa one in the united states and uh, three in dubai so it is uh that just exploded and i think we speak you know i'm now 36 so i'm right in the middle if i can say it like that so i speak both to a younger generation but also uh those are a bit older than me that might be married a bit longer than me um so we have we have ages all over Uh, although the lord said to me to bring a supernatural power a demonstration to this generation. And uh, you know, by simply saying to me, this generation, I took it as the ones that are alive
1: today. Mm-hmm. So your wife is very engaged in the ministry that you have together. Uh, how do you pronounce her name yes. and, and what does she do exactly in the ministry?
0: Yes, Esther Lee. Her name is Esther Lee de mm-hmm.
1: And
0: uh, we got married when she was 18. She finished school a year earlier, so uh, she was ahead of uh, one year ahead. And uh, so she was really out of school. We got, uh, we got married. She, she, she went directly from from uh, from home life into full-time into full-time ministry and uh she's been uh, she's been doing very well she's obviously looks after the kids but she traveled with me the last uh, 10 years all over so we're married for about 19 years
1: mm-hmm.
0: she traveled with me all over the world uh she right now she's together with me pastoring the churches that we are working with women and uh you know she also has her own ministry where she does itinerant and she uh takes speaking engagements and etc but she's still very young she's uh and God's hand is on her she's 26 27 years old 27 years old so um it's a uh you know she's uh God has kept her protected her we've had a We've had such, in South Africa, we had such an onslaught of death threats and uh, kidnappings on our family because of Mm. um, some news that came out. And they they want to put us, they want to, in South Africa, they want to put you on the newspaper for everything. Mm. But um, through that all, God has protected her, you know, both her and me.
1: Wonderful. Yes, I had seen some of that on your Facebook page that you've had some death threats. And so we need to be (laughs) praying for you in your ministry.
0: Now yes. you yes.
1: as you as you mentioned, your church in South Africa is is growing and expanding around the globe actually. So tell us about the state of the church in South Africa and how your congregation ministers in its own way. Yes.
0: So it was about four years ago. I um we were doing our ministry and the Lord began to shut that ministry down or just bring it to an end. And I was sitting in my room, wasn't praying And I suddenly was in a vision, or if I can say it in a trance, because I was suddenly not in my office anymore. I was somewhere else. And I remember walking next to a man. I always explain the story to the church. Um, You know, in fact, they know it from day one. And I know it was an angel that was walking next to me, uh, saying to me, and as I was walking in a field, this angel said to me, don't do one, two, three in relation to some ministry events I planned. And he said to me, I want you to plant a church of the supernatural um, on the 18th of September. And that was a month later from, <laughs> from that encounter. So I remember waking up, or getting out of that, looked at the calendar, and I saw the 18th of September was a Sunday. And I called my team in. We had uh, At that time, we also had nothing, no money, no resources, because we were traveling ministers and uh, I said look we're planning at a church this is what has happened Uh, people within one week people just began to sell their cars their life policies their investments we, were, we managed to plant the church within a month and two months from there uh, we had to cancel the contract in the venue because it got too big we then moved to a 600-seater venue um, where we are in now currently so we're holding three services there a day in that venue then we had another one breakout as well in through our cell groups uh, in another city that's also a five six hundred seater that we planted and built there Uh last started last year so that one, that church is really full also and through those two big branches um we became the lord really gave us access to a global broadcasting ministry so we have international studios there but a normal day in our church i would say is uh, it's packed you know the people are very hungry we have conferences that we literally cannot contain uh, the amount of people and uh, we have international visitors flying in we have people flying in from the us from the uk from europe from uh from 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 india from australia and new zealand we have people flying in as international visitors Visitors just for importation. So we take our conferences very seriously across the year. It's it's back the power of God is being demonstrated, and uh, and so uh, encounter became a household name almost if I could say it like that in Christianity or in Christians in South Africa, uh, and the Christian churches in South Africa.
1: Mm-hmm. Now, expanding even beyond South Africa, you said that you have a church in the U.S. Where yes. is that one located?
0: Yes, so we have uh, in, in Georgia, Statsboro. There was a young man okay. I ministered to about 10 years ago. I think about eight, eight, eight to 10 years ago, I was ministering there also in some schools and I did a whole revival conference at a church there. And, and I just remember this young guy coming to me was, I think he was probably 16 at that time, 17. And I laid hands on him once, uh, but he was so hungry for God, the demon screamed out of him and he got delivered instantly and saved. And I left, I left, uh, then I, re- then I heard he began to follow our ministry very severely. He opened up a campus ministry. Uh, they grew to six, seven hundred people. Uh, after he was finished with university, with his campus ministry, he um, he was uh, you know it was about two years ago. I said to him, look, you know, go ahead and plant a church uh, for us. He was, he was he was following us like I said every step of the way. So that is Encounter Church, uh, statsboro in Statesboro in Georgia. Statesboro, Georgia.
1: Georgia. Uh, yes, not too far yeah, from here, and, really.
0: Oh, okay. I mean, okay, the next okay. state
1: up, I should say. So yes. But speaking of your global ministry, you have a school called the Global School of Ministry, and then you yes. also have the Prophetic Institute. Could you tell us about those two? Yes
0: yes the the global school of ministry actually is perfect timing you know we just launched or well, we just opened for registrations a month ago and we are launching starting uh this january end of january that is coming it is a full online we have a um we have received accreditation international accreditation f- religious accreditation from a uh, transworld accreditation accreditation uh, uh, uh that is in the united states in florida great churches like uh Kenneth Hagen's Church, much is in there. Um, you know, great names for Dr. Rothenau Brown. Uh from uh, they are by the same accreditation uh mm-hmm. transfer accrediting, and then we have also Therapon, also from the united states also received full accreditation from them and then we also have governmental accreditation in south africa which is uh, not only religious but full governmental and mm-hmm. people can study ministry online with the learning manage online learning management system it'll be live streamed but they'll have all their resources online and that takes you we put two years into one year five modules it takes you through uh, exactly how to start ministry within within one year. It'll be two years of Bible college, if I could say it like that. And uh, then people can do further studies with that and up to a degree program with us and a doctorate. That, uh, But that'll be online. So we have global. We have students from all over the world i think uh, we, we opened the registrations a month ago we're sitting on 550 students that have signed up already already registered signed up and uh you know we haven't even really started to push it yet hmm. the prophetic institute is uh something the lord told me to start about uh the beginning of this year we it's a very exclusive closed um group so we it's about just just about under 200 people that uh, we take through Three days per level, so it's three levels, so it's nine days nine days of intensive prophetic training. Um, how to hear the voice of God, how to prophesy. Because I believe so many prophets have messed up the church with all due respect. You know, mm-hmm. um, uh, we call them on this side also parking lot prophets, and uh, we 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 have. We have prophets. Really, if they have not been through good training, they really mess up the body of Christ. So, our state, as our our um, status for that, or status quo, if I can say it, for that, um, for for prophetic institute is accuracy, integrity, and excellence. Uh, accuracy to be accurate when you prophesy. Integrity have integrity, and excellence to do everything in in excellence. So we train them, raise them up in the prophetic. Uh, every aspect, every theological concept of the prophetic, uh, uh, the history of it, where it is in the modern day, and wh- who is prophets, who is not, what is the gift, the spirit, and the office of a prophet, the different dimensions of such, and what can believers prophesy in, what are the boundaries, the limitations, and so on. Mm-hmm. And they receive importation from, from there as well.
1: Right. Well, it sounds like you are helping guide the entire body of Christ globally through what you do in your various schools of ministry, your pro- prophetic institute. You have some other interesting foundations and projects going on, like the Encounter yes. Hope Foundation, and I understand yes. you are serving the hopeless in that area. And you also have the Second Chance Project. I mean, we all need a second chance. So what are those two things about?
0: So Second Chance is, uh, it was something that was really dear to my heart because I was, before I planted a church, I was ministering in a lot of schools. So, you know, Second Chance, we wanted to, to gear towards school evangelistic ministry and uh, the, so i raised we raised up a lot of leaders we have about 400 volunteers in our church currently and uh, uh, 70 of them are evangelists young kids young people that are evangelizing four cities a month um every week they um they you know one of them that heads it up so i also gave them the mandate to go into schools and they're doing about 35 schools every week uh, just, just in South Africa, where um, they are in 35 schools every week, so we have to put about 20 to 30 young people into those schools, and then that's where we lead them to Christ. We uh, uh, basically go out to preach, preach testimonies. I don't do it anymore; they do it now, but they have a huge success rate. A success rate in in that, and uh, you know, so that was something that's dear to Martin. They just reaching schools all over. The Encounter Hope was birthed really fully in. In COVID-19 during the lockdown period mm-hmm. as you know obviously there were many people uh, in South Africa we have many people that live ha- uh, hand-to-mouth yes. you know they they don't get a salary they so when lockdown happened uh, they didn't even have a place to stay never mind eating food so that's where the initiative really started we we looked after about uh, it's sitting on, it's sitting on a uh, five, we could uh, look, we're a young church, 24 years old, but we looked after about 5,000, uh, families that, uh, we would feed during that time. Uh, also that kind of like was birthed when I, I was last year sent to, at a meeting with a, with one of the presidents in South Africa of our, one of our democratic parties here. And, uh, you know simply with the vision without knowing about the coronavirus anything and in south africa just to give a bit of a um just a just a, a context our lockdown started in the month of march this year the full lockdown mm-hmm. and that was when the Corona broke out here. So last year, November, I was sitting in parliament and I was prophesying to them. And I told them, uh, the president of this democratic body who's over all the Christians in South Africa. Uh, so I said to, you know, I told him the month of March, um, this is going to happen. I said, I have visions of us locked in our houses with the lights off, no food. I saw churches closed all over the country. So he began to wrote it down. And I said, you know, you need to get up and speak as a, as the president of the Christians in South Africa. And, uh, uh, I said, if you're not going to stand up, this is what's going to happen. If the church isn't going to pray, then on New Year's, if we usually give a word of the Lord again, it came out again. I prophesied that on, on uh, recorded on record, uh, uh, and our New Year's Eve service is attended also by a lot of people internationally. That is why I said that in March, there's a lockdown coming and a shutdown coming. Uh, and I saw many dead bodies. I said I saw the church going to persecution being shut down all over. And I said it'll go on into twenty twenty-one. Um, you know, and we went on the dates and I had no clue what it was going to be. It was just a vision that I had. But then I said that in the prophecy and uh, I said that we need to initiate um a foundation that'll be able to help people once they're locked in their houses. The only vision I could have is I saw people locked in their houses. I told my team a year ago when I started having it, I said, get food, get everything. I don't know why I see that. And obviously to realize today that it was the virus.
1: Hmm. Well, the Lord gave you that, that message early on, didn't he? It, it yeah, kind of reminds yeah, me of, yeah. of Joseph in the Old Testament in Egypt with the famine coming
0: yeah that's very tr- that's very true you know as you're saying that um uh, we, last year october like i said it got more intense i told all my staff my team i said i want us to cut 40 percent of expenses mm-hmm. and save put money away i see something coming you know next year i didn't know how to put it in words and so they knew everything everything was on emails and uh, and we began to save a lot so when the lockdown happened our church flourished and we grew more than ever and actually we got more finances and people just began to give double i don't know why uh, oh. our people began to double type <laughs> and uh so you know and that prophecy that i released went all over the world i think it's sitting on 900,000 views at the moment so uh, out of that we kind of like birthed encounter hope very big
1: Oh, uh, where
0: we could really fund and uh, go look after families. As I said, it is it is a tragedy to see to, to see how people live in a lockdown. You know, uh, where they don't even have a place to stay in the heat of the sun, and uh, they look they work they live from hand to mouth. So it's it's that really destroyed South Africa
1: that mm. lockdown. Wow, you have really been through it there, but thank goodness for your church and for this foundation that you created and. You listen to the Lord and He is working through you. That is wonderful. So, how can anyone access your messages, your content, learn about yes. your ministry? Uh, thank you so much. We have a, um,
0: obviously, we have two websites, which I'll give right now. Just before I want to give that, is, uh, you know, obviously, we have, first of all, our Charisma Podcast Network. Um, uh, a uh, pod, podcast called Encounter Now, and uh, uh, you know Encounter Now with Leon de Pria, and we post daily. We endeavor daily. Uh, it was just uh, sometimes like four times a week if we have interruptions, but daily, every morning we do give practical how to encounter God's steps, you know, three steps to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit, five steps to this, you know, it's a, a very practical 15 to 20 minute podcast that's been taking off uh, statistically very strong. We had about a hundred, over a hundred thousand listeners in the last uh, four months, four or five months. So uh, since we started it at its inception, and then from there also, if people want to know more about our ministry or follow our, our uh, platform, especially with our broadcasting, we have a, um, OTT platform. It's a it's a it's a video platform which is basically available on their phones and uh, on android and iphone and that's with the app also called encounter now one word encounter now and it's the most amazing app it's uh, it's got all our archives hundreds of all our stuff on it's a it's a new type of technology they just released from the united states and people can download that subscribe to it and uh, they can see all our sermon series our conferences our archives of videos our, our conversations our uh, interviews everything is on there then obviously our Our websites, which is my name and my surname, leondepria.com, leondepria.com, that's the main, if I can say it like that. And our church website is encounterchurch.co.za, encounterchurch.co.za. Otherwise, Facebook, YouTube, all those things we are on with under those names.
1: We can find you, I think. There are so many different <laughs> ways. I, I want to actually spell your website. That's uh, L-E-O-N-D-U-P-R-E-E-Z, we would say in America, yes. not Z, right? Uh, Leon yes, Dupreez right. is how we would say it here in America, so .com. But Pastor Leon, Prophet Leon, we want to uh, give you also the opportunity for parting word or message to America here on the Charisma Connection podcast.
0: Uh, yes, of course. That'll be that'll be an that'll be an honour. I think uh, you know. It just uh, as I was just as I was just talking to you. There's just. Uh, I can get really, like I said, really deep or technical, but that's not what the point is. The point is just really, I think just a simple or some a message of simplicity. Um, where uh you know, I don't know how it is in the United States. I know it is right now. Uh, there's a big battle politically in the United States. Um a lot of people are under fear, a lot of people are um a lot of people are uh, you know, are in a going into stepping into a realm of the unknown. They don't know what's happening this month or next month when it comes politically and we know that uh, the superpower that the United States is that will have a ripple effect all over the world and um, I know as Christians uh, many are praying for a Christian government and uh, you know so we pray with you but I want to leave people or or believers with this this just this passage of scripture and I know they all know it so so well but um, in South Africa to give a word of encouragement you know our we honour our government. We respect our government, but it is very corrupt, and uh, you know it is incredibly corrupt. To give an to give a to give a example, our stimulus checks that we received in South Africa was um, was equal to fifteen dollars per person a month, and one five, and that mm-hmm. was given only to ten people
1: oh, in the whole
0: nation. It was recorded only ten people received it. The rest, the government. All took and stolen into corruption. So, uh, you know, there's always little hope here for Christians, but the stronger the persecution, the greater the church grows. When we see an, in the book of Acts, when persecution hit, the church exploded. You know, so in the United States, all the protests and everything that is going on, even against the church, and you have the, you have the, I know you have the right and the left, uh, you know, um, the Republicans and Democratic, and many uh, in some of those parties are against the church and Christianity, biblical. Principles. But know this that the greater the persecution, the greater the church grows. Persecution was never designed to destroy the church. It's one of the greatest weapons that the church used is persecution. When uh when when I think it was uh uh when in fact under Nero the church the church uh suffered, but under uh constitute constituted uh, let me just think now i think in the new church in new testament church under nero the Christians suffered under the next government we see where the church was constantine the church was opened up and given given um given a public place by uh, constantine during his time of rule and reign and when that happened the church went into the dark ages so the moment persecution stops the church goes down and dead and uh, this is my encouragement for all believers. There's Psalm 91. Yeah, it's my favorite Psalm. He who dwells in the secret place, ab- he who abides in the secret place, dwells in the secret place, abides under the shadow of a mighty, of his wing, of the Almighty. And, uh, you know, but it is he who dwells, he who lives there to make God's presence your permanent dwelling place despite the persecution persecution will just grow you and make your faith stronger it'll make you more on fire and God uses it as a tool to sift and clean out the church as well
1: hmm well that's something for us to ponder as we move into the future and we don't know what to expect so it's always interesting to me to hear someone from another country prophesy or talk about America In spiritual terms. So, I I thank you so much for for bringing your thoughts to us and and a word from the Lord in so many ways today in our podcast. So, we thank you so much, Prophet Leon Dupria, for being with us today on Charisma Connection.
0: Thank you so much, Chris. It's a privilege. Thank you. Thank you.
1: I'm Chris Johnson. You've been listening to Charisma Connection, and we want to make sure you get to know. Profit to Priya a little bit better. Please be sure and check out his Encounter Now app and his Encounter Now podcast on the Charisma Podcast Network. That's at CPNShows.com. And thank you for listening today. This has been a production of the Charisma Podcast Network. Steve and Joyce Strang are the founders and owners of CPN. Dr. Steve Green is the executive producer of the Charisma Podcast Network.